Director of eighth grade, and you are listening to Film Wax Radio. Hi, everybody. It's Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It's Friday, October twenty second, two thousand and twenty one. This is episode number six hundred and ninety two of the podcast. Weird. I, I can't, I'm not going to speak much about it because I don't. You know, there, a lot more details need to come in. There needs to be an investigation. But of course, I woke up this morning to the news that Alec Baldwin um, fired a prop weapon on the set of this movie Rust. He's shooting in New Mexico, and was uh, the cinematographer was was killed. And I know the director was injured. I think he was expected to make a full full recovery from whatever injuries that he had but the cinematographer her name is helena hutchins has died and it's uh really tragic i can only imagine i i just i'm not even going to say i don't know the circumstances but i you know my my course instinctually i'm thinking that alec baldwin had no idea of that what would what, what, what that he could have harmed somebody but again more details will come out as an, an inevitable investigation takes place wow just, just unbelievable news. So, um, awkward segues. I I'll let me share something positive now because I feel like you know I should, I should uh, be zen about it. Yeah, you know I live upstate and I biked over to this farm stand yesterday, and in uh, Rhinebeck, New York, and and when I got to there, I noticed that my shoulder bag, which I just keep in the basket in the rear basket of the bike, was missing. So I had no I left with it, and I was devastated. I mean, it obviously had flown out of the bag unnoticed by me, and I just couldn't believe that I had not, you know, that I just my wallet and my keys were in this bag. And the um, manager, one of the um, employees of the stand, was so kind that she drove, she actually offered to drive me all the way back along the same route that I had biked, almost 10 miles, I might add just humble bragging while I tell this anecdote. So anyway, we could not find it. And then um, we drove back, of course, looking again, no sign of it. So I went about the, my day thinking, okay, don't don't let this, ex- you know, like just destroy. I needed the ID for, for personal reasons. I mean, you need your ID, but I needed it specifically. Appointments and stuff that way I, I said, oh my God, this is going to be such a major headache. Replacing everything. There was... I, I'm not typically I don't keep hundreds of dollars in my wallet, but I did. I have uh, money in there, so it was just this huge headache. Well, within no time at all, I checked social media, and some young guy reached out on Facebook messages to me, tried to reach me through the, you know, the telephone app, and I didn't have a signal, so I missed the calls. But I saw that he was trying to reach me. And sure enough, he said his father had found my my stuff and that they brought it over. I mean, it was just the nicest thing ever. Uh, everything was intact, of course. And, and and what was nice was I had made a conscious decision not to let this really, 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 you know, upset me. Like, I just thought, just trust that, you know, at some level, just trust that things will work out. And, and in this case, they did. I'm not saying they always do. 
but sometimes they do. It, it turned out really as a positive experience, I guess is all I'm trying to say. Episode number 692. I will say this is almost a Halloween episode because we have Larry Fessenden back, right? But it's not quite. I mean, the two films that were, were this is a huge episode because we also have John Legazimo with his Spanish language film. We're going to get to him in a little bit. We have Larry with a, a new guest, uh, the director of a film Larry's in called Dashcam. We have Christian Nielsen, and we're going to talk about that. That is a psychological horror film. So I guess maybe this is as close to a Halloween episode as Film Wax Radio will will come to, you know. So let's talk about the dash cam. Inspired by Antonioni's blow up, Brian De Palma's blow out, and and Coppola's The Conversation, Dash Cam is a stunning psychological thriller that follows Jake, played by Eric Tabak, uh, a timid video editor at a local news channel who fantasizes about becoming a reporter. While editing a piece on a routine traffic stop that resulted in the death of a police officer and a mayor and a major political official, played by our friend Larry Fessenden. Jake is inadvertently sent dash cam video evidence that tells a completely different story. Working alone from his small apartment in New York City, Jake uses his skills as an editor to analyze the footage and piece together the truth behind what actually happened. Has Jake uncovered a conspiracy that he can break on the morning news? Or is he seeing things that aren't really there? This film is uh, written and directed by Christian and is available uh, digitally. Uh, I checked and I saw that it was available on uh, Amazon and iTunes and probably elsewhere is my guess. So I just want to mention one thing. Christian, during the course of this, both Christian and Larry refer to the fact that Christian made the number one uh, movie in 2020. So you can YouTube this. If you look up Christian Nilsson on on YouTube, it'll come right up, I think, or Christian Nilsson number one movie. But what he did is during the pandemic, when all the movie theaters were closed, there was no number one movie theatrically, right? So what he decided to do as a stunt is four wall. He found a theater willing to four wall his a short film that he and his you know, actors threw together really quickly. And as a, it's a stunt, as I said, they forewalled it, meaning they uh, rented a theater and they just bought all the tickets to however many screenings for the, during this week. So artificially, they created a box office for their movie <laughs> where there was no competition and it became the number one movie in theaters that week. So that was brilliant, and I'm so excited to bring Christian onto the show uh, with Dashcam, and Larry's back, of course, Larry Fessenden, producer, actor, director, writer, multi-hyphenate. This is Larry's, I believe this is Larry's eighth appearance on Filmwax. Anyway, I'm always thrilled to bring Larry on, and and, uh, he will hopefully be back soon with uh, another project, of course. As prolific a person as he is, that only makes sense. But let's talk about Dashcam with uh, writer-director Christian Nielsen and actor Larry Fessenden here on Filmwax Radio. Have you seen the Dashcam footage yet? No. They didn't send it yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they never did. Oh, God. <laughs> Not. You too? New York 3 got an exclusive look at the graphic dash cam footage. I haven't received the footage yet. Oh, God. Let me see your hands. People, let me see your hands. I'm coming 
gentlemen nice to see you both larry nice to see you again hey adam for our annual chat <laughs> semi-annual almost right almost i well i'm 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 all for as frequently as you're willing to do it of course but do you know in this film called a dash cam in this movie you're referred to as iconic genre actor larry Sessenden? uh yeah that is one of the ironies of my life i always have a uh even when they list, you know, Adam Driver and Bill Murray, an iconic actor, Larry says, it's uh, it's fantastic. I don't know how it started, but I'll take it. But it's iconic genre actor, which is what caught my attention, you know, because I don't remember seeing that associated with you, even though that does work. It works. It's appropriate. It's not inappropriate, right? Do you have any well, problem with that? No. I have no problem with any of this, uh, but I do think they're trying to diminish me a little by saying genre. But it's all right. Try to keep you humble. How, so, so tell me, Christian, how did you come to? I mean, maybe you, you're all film, filmmakers that are making horror films or psychological horrors or what have you are contractually obligated to include Larry in the cast. I'm not sure, but uh, oh, let's just say just lucked out. Oh, for sure. But yeah, uh, I still, I still have no idea why he agreed to be in it, but I really appreciate it. Well, here he has the opportunity to explain himself. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Christian and I have a mutual friend who is uh, serving as one of the producers on Dashcam, Andrew Vandenhoten, with whom I've made several projects in different capacities. And Andrew gave me a call and pitched me Christian, who has almost as bizarre as being called an iconic genre filmmaker, Christian is uh, responsible for the number one movie in America in 2020. So that's always eye-catching. Anyway, Andrew said, did I want to show up and and do this movie? And it was in the height of COVID. So it seemed exciting to get out of the house and um, to go make a small movie, which I always like supporting projects that seem smart and resourceful. And, and Christian was the man for the job. So we had a great time. I snuck off to uh, Long Island. And um, in the midst of uh, COVID fever, we made this film. And I think Christian's going to tell you it was maybe the first SAG-approved movie uh, at the time. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I've heard. Yeah, we, we shot this. And I apologize. Let me know if my connection's not that great. It's, it's, it's being a little No, no, everything me, looks, but, you uh, look and sound perfect. Oh, great. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so what I was told when we were first uh, developing the film, we were reaching out for for permits and we were uh, and, and reaching out to SAG. It was at a point in the pandemic when the rules really hadn't been written yet. There were still a lot of conversations happen conversations happening with studios trying to figure out well what sort of guidelines would be in place, how are we doing testing, and so when we were putting the film together, 
we were confused about what we were going to do, but also so were the unions and like the mayor's office in New York City. They were they were equally confused about how this was going to work. And so, uh, yeah, I was told that our film was the very first in the pandemic to get cleared by the mayor's office for for a filming permit. Um, it, and it really just goes to show how crazy that moment was. And I remember the the night that we were working with with Larry, we were all we were all in masks. And then the nature of that shoot, we actually didn't have to be very close to each other because we were in, in, in a follow vehicle. Um, and I, that a lot of those rules became the norm. But at that point, it just it's just what felt safe to us. But it really was kind of the wild yeah, west sounds... when we were putting those together. Well, you know, because we, in a way, the fact that. Uh, this is just occurring to me. I hadn't thought about this before, but that that because at the beginning months, especially in New York City, I mean, the, the early months of COVID, we were all being told so, such distrastic uh, information. And, and I don't know if it was the strat- strategy for the city to keep us from getting, you know, from getting sick. Well, obviously, that was it but also so we wouldn't be hospitalized because they were obviously very concerned with hospitals getting inundated and overwhelmed so that we were all kind of i was uh like getting information don't leave unless you absolutely have to leave your home you know unless of course you have to make a genre movie that's the one exception apparently yeah (laughs) but but no no but i'm wondering if this didn't give us a sense of such such caution cautiousness and that maybe going into the film at that particular time, you use your common sense. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think it served us in how we filmed the, the movie, but also in the story that we told. Like, we knew what, we knew what felt right and, and what didn't. And that's, that's why the main character, uh, Jake, is alone in an apartment. And everyone he interacts with, he's interacting through a screen. And it's not a screen movie uh, ex- exactly, but it, it definitely has has the feeling of of, of isolation that, that a lot of yeah, us were feeling in that sure. in that moment. And how do we then use what being alone in an apartment means? How do we use that to create something suspense, suspenseful? How do we how do we really um, create a sense of paranoia when all we have is one person in one in one room with one camera? Um, and so it, it was a challenge both to make it, but uh, but I think that challenge also allowed us to to take some uh, creative uh, freedoms as we were putting it together mm. well watching it i don't think until the like your main character you said jake who's played by eric tabak is that his name tabak tabak eric tabak tabak, yeah. tabak i'm sorry uh you wouldn't, it didn't occur to me oh this was done because of covid anything in terms of just the you know the the, the structure of the film at all in fact i would say because of the nature of the dash cam and the cops and the shooting on the side. If anything, this kind of made me think about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> In this case, iconic genre for actor Lives Matter, because Larry is the one in the car in this case, but it gets pulled over by the cops, right? Which is in the dash cam footage that the title yeah. refers to. That's a little synopsis. Or pre- yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. I, I would also say that. I, I wouldn't describe this film as a pandemic film, but it no. is definitely pandemic adjacent that it, it really calls term. to mind the collective feelings that we all had in, during the pandemic. Again, yeah. like the, the sense of isolation, uh, confusion, um, virtual gatherings with friends. But a, a big part of that, especially in the moment where, when we were making the film, was this really disturbing 
uh, video evidence we were seeing of, of police brutality. I didn't think Black Lives Matter was a story that I, I could touch. Um, so uh, that, that wasn't something that, that was uh, a goal of mine making this film. But, but I did think that we could talk about that the moment that, that we were all uh, feeling where we were questioning what we were being told, do we believe this? And also question the sources in which we're receiving that information. Um, that that was very much on everyone's minds when we were uh, putting the film together, and so so that that's uh, that was our goal in making it. Hmm. Well, Larry, have you ever been in in such a position as an actor in a film where you were like in secondary source material, essentially? In other words, all of Larry's scenes were in the story's pre-recorded material video. Uh, yeah, I believe I was the first uh, thing they filmed, which I, I enjoyed. I like to think that I was really just a prop. Right. Um, yeah. My entire performance was just going to be uh, manhandled by the main character. Um, a, a similar situation is when um, a filmmaker used my severed head to be the star of a movie, and I never even had to go to set. Uh, they just used a head that I'd already had made. So I've been through some strange situations. You really uh, have. As, as an icon, uh, as an icon would do. Um, they do all kinds of things with icons, and that's one of them. So uh, I enjoyed Christian coming up with this scheme, and it made it a, a fun project to be part of. Because I do one day of shooting, and yet I clearly, uh, my character haunts the film. That's very true. Right. He's so, the spine. Uh, he, he's really the spine of, 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 of the movie. And uh, yeah, that was, that was our first day. We knew we, knew we had something, uh, something good when we, when we watched that footage back. Larry, just be careful. You don't get caught up in stunt casting. <laughs> That's, That's next. That could be next. And just helping your, you on your career trajectory. Oh, no, it's too late for that. I'm usually uh, invited <laughs> to be in a movie to get killed. Uh, that's a notorious thing. I have a death reel on Vimeo or whatever it's called, YouTube. I think I have 20, almost 20 kills. Let's cut to that. Okay. That's your, you'll there have you to go. get your assistant to work on that. <laughs> um, so Christian, why don't you, um, let's just also, I kind of set up a little bit of the film, but I think we need a little bit more. Do you want to talk about it or shall I start it and you interrupt me? As I, 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 whatever you want, I, I, I could. I, I've memorized the log line at this point, so I could just so rattle that on. off. Or, or maybe you, maybe let's let's you go, then I go. We'll see who does it better. All right, very good. I, I was uh, a young editor who who's working from home and who has great journalistic ambitions of his own. He's worked for some jerks. His job is kind of mindless in a way for him. He's frustrated. He's constantly, you know, at the beck and call of these guys that, uh, who he works for who constantly throw stuff that he needs to assemble for them, right? Editing wise for their news uh, segments broadcast for broadcast news. And he, he ends up getting a strange contacted under strange circumstances about some dash cam footage, which leads us to believe that there's some sort of conspiracy. That's a, not a quite an elevator length might be a little longer, but I guess it depends on the age of the elevator. There's some I, elevators in New York City that that would fit on. Yeah, right. Stalled elevator pitch. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so I, I would go just um, modify. Yeah, away. I would say it's dash cam is a psychological thriller. That oh yeah, follows, that's what that it is. Yeah, that follows Jake, who is a editor, an editor at a local news station. Who, but he dreams of of becoming a reporter, and he's working on what he believes is going to be a run of the mill story about a uh, a a. a, a police officer um that 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 was uh shot in the line of duty during a um what should have been a routine traffic stop he is then mistakenly sent footage that he is not supposed to see that paints a very different story right and so then he uses his skills as a video editor to investigate and analyze that footage and he's deciding he's trying to figure out does he have a breaking news story that maybe he can break in the morning news right it's his right um it's a motivating thing because of course being kind of discovered overnight is appealing i mean not that he's not willing to work hard probably given his the nature of who his character but but this is an opportunity to make it big overnight practically and he does yeah, and, he, well, and he's, he's oddly sorry sorry in his way in his own way he does but we, i don't want to give away spoilers but yeah I, I i would just add that he's a character that is a very qualified video editor yeah, but he's right. not as qualified as a reporter He's a really good two, detective, and, and those two relationships um, they kind of come to a head, and uh, he has to figure out: does he have a story that is worth breaking, or is, is he maybe seeing things that aren't really there? Right, right. Uh, and you know, you uh, there are references in the in the press materials that uh, refer to some some pretty hefty films from the past, which supposedly are influences but i mean i'm one of my favorite movies ever was you know the conversation and i just loved that slow burn approach to what harry call came upon and there's a there's a relationship there this could be a grandchild of that film i mean his his name is his name is jake call in the script i missed that last name okay so not yeah, so, so subtle I, I, reference. I, I, so I, I put that one on my sleeve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, that's those, all right. Those are films that, that have, I've always loved those films. I think that what I think of the best thrillers, um, I don't think of things that came out in the last 20 years, though there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. I think of, the, of that, those like classic gritty 1970s political thrillers um that were that were being made by filmmakers in a in a time when they were they were kind of fed up and they were they were tired i feel like we're uh and they were they were tired of 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 their elected leaders and um and i felt like we were in a similar moment when when we were working on this film and uh yeah so it was definitely me me paying tribute to them while at the same time trying to tell an original story on october 19th Dashcam is going to be streaming is that the deal? It, it's it's going to be released uh, on streaming platforms. Yeah, on streaming platform on the nineteenth. It's a it's a good. I, I think it's a very entertaining movie, and and you know again, it's if nothing else, it's a contribution to Larry Fessenden's sizzle reel. You know, but I'm going to recommend. It. Yeah, it's a fun film. I mean, it's an eighty-eight bit, minutes. It's 88 disturbing. Minutes. It's a little disturbing because you. It really is because you know you. Here's a guy who's just a, he's obviously. Just such trying to do something good and gets caught up in something, you know, it's hard to watch that part of it, but uh, that's a, you know, it's a good thing. 
I'm very sensitive. You, you so. mean my character? I'm trying to be a good politician, a good attorney general. Yeah. <laughs> and you had quite the uh, the, the the quaff there. Or, well, no uh, expense was spared on the makeup and uh, and hair, <laughs> let alone the costuming. Uh, Christian was sure everything with. I, I had a green room in the middle of the parking lot where we filmed. Oh, okay. Right off the uh, Long Island Railroad? I mean, Long Island uh, uh, Expressway? It literally was. <laughs> it literally was. We, we were, we were uh, about a, less than 100 yards from the Long Island Expressway. I love shooting there. It's a great spot to shoot. It's yeah, a great it's, expressway. I, <laughs> shoot on I, expressway. Iconic. It's iconic, like the uh, performers involved. <laughs> Larry, where are you? Are you in uh, the village or are you in, uh, up, up here? Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm. You say? Uh, upstate. You are. You are. The village of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Chris? Where are you? You're down in. I'm. I'm out in Long Island. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. You're in the eastern, you? the eastern part of Long Island. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, they say Suffolk County. Suffolk County. Yeah. 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 Understood. Anything else we should mention that I'm leaving out? Any other actors you want to mention? I don't know. Other cast oh, I, members, I, I, but... I, I could rattle off a few. Uh, yes, the, the films, in addition to the uh, horror genre icon, uh, Larry Fessenden, the film stars... Genre, uh, iconic genre actor. I'm sorry. I, there I go. Yeah. It'll Bail. be on, uh, underneath him this entire conversation. I'll have that on the, on, on the audio only podcast. Just blinking on and off the <laughs> iconic genre actor. Yeah. So, in, in addition to to iconic genre actor Larry Fessenden, the film stars Eric Tabak, um, right. who is a, a very successful uh, YouTuber and uh, and actor. Oh. Um, there is Georgia Wiggum, who you might recognize from The Punisher or. Uh, or other films uh, and, and television projects. Julian uh, Giello, who is uh, from Screen, the TV series, as well as Marvel's Iron Fist. There is Noah Fisher, who was, uh, you might recognize from Uncut Gems. And then uh, as our villain, Tim Webb, or as the, the somewhat of an antagonist, is uh, Zachary Booth, who's from mm-hmm. Damages. Right. So we, we had a good, we have a, a good cast that uh, I'm pretty sure we were only able to get because Again, it was the middle of the pandemic and no one was doing anything. <laughs> well, Larry, how many films did you make during the pandemic? Uh, five or six. Yeah. Sorry to, that's, to counter your last comment, but Larry <laughs> just keeps working anyway. Some of them I made uh, doing voiceovers in my closet. Mm-hmm. I was in an animated film. That was my favorite. That's my new go-to job is just to be in the closet with a uh-huh. microphone. With your microphone, yeah, kind of like what you do. <laughs> what, what's that? What's that? Can you mention that project? Because that's uh, Wine saying... of Night. Ma- what is the first word? The Spine of Night. Oh, the Spine of Night. What a great title! And it's coming out soon, so this is a real plug. Check out the Spine of Night. I will. Uh, it's right the tradition down. of. Uh, in the tradition of Ralph Bakshi, those of us who are old Ooh. enough to remember, uh, speaking of seventies movies, um, anyway, it's a it's yeah. a blood fest bananas film with a lovely cast and an iconic uh, performer as well. <laughs> 
check it out. That's is that. Let me see. Where are we? Is that coming out before even before the spring? Do you think of next year, or do you think? Yeah, I mean within within a couple of weeks. Oh, that soon? What are you? All right. Well, what? Why don't you just come on? And we should just let let the the Zoom be you know ongoing because I could just. I just waited out a couple of meals. You'll be back for your next. Pro- you really are prolific. I don't mean to. And do you have a project coming out those- in between? Don't you have isolation coming out in between those two? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> this is not uh, to make fun of me. Uh, I'm no. just doing what I do. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's just remarkable. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you go. You're you know, you got to be... work hard to be an icon. Let me just tell you, it's not every day, you know. <laughs> I'm going to let you go in a minute because I, I assume you have to be on the set. <laughs> or seven o'clock shoot or something. Or the um, Larry, thank you for always making time. I really love having you on this thing. And I, I, and I feel bad. I still haven't caught up with you. Your son, didn't he have a new movie at the Woodstock Film Festival? Yes, he did. And he won an award. Congratulations. I'm very proud of uh, that project. I was a producer on that. So. Well, look forward to. That's what I really do. But it's not a horror film, so nobody talks about it. You don't have to be ashamed, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be ashamed of that. Um, that he might be going off in, in a slightly different direction. Maybe he has to find his own way. I understand. Right. I think- and to Christian, just just tell me, did it? Did you have it? Yeah, I know you shot during this particularly remarkable time that we're living through. But did you? Did the film have any opportunity? Did it have play festivals? I apologize ahead of time for not. Uh, it, it has played festivals. Um, some of the festivals that were in person wound up going becoming virtual. Um, yes. And other festivals yes. that were in person were canceled. Um, so I believe the Many. only one that happened in person is currently going on in Germany, the uh, Fantasy Film Fest. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, it's so if you're in Germany. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a large. No, I don't. But Larry does. He has a large following in Germany and they'll watch this. So they, maybe you'll, you'll sell a few tickets. <laughs> Meeting the German audience. Und. But 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 you had other but still uh, the virtual f- uh, festivals still matter they still count yeah it, it, it's it's what been a great it? experience any of the which, genre which, festivals yeah it's, it's a few of them pop we had our, our our world premiere popcorn frights in Miami which was really exciting um, but yeah what, what's funny is earlier in the pandemic I had a short film that became the number one movie in the U S box office because we bought out a theater when all the theaters were closed so that that just that's how you do that. Uh, but so I've had two films come out in the pandemic, but never actually be able to see them with anybody. <laughs> so yeah. maybe the next one. Or yeah. Or if it's working, maybe don't break, you know, if it ain't broke. Yeah, the, you're right. yeah. Thank you guys. And uh, I hope that, you know, I hope a lot of people see dash cam and I, I hope that you'll both consider coming back on after this. I mean, you know, coming back. So that you'll have, of course, to of course, consider such a thing. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Let's talk to you soon. Take care. I Great now as always, liberate. Larry. I liberate Bye. you. All the streets are cracked And there's glass everywhere And a baby stares out With motherless sons And the long, long beauty Unfused the war Traveling in the mail 
Misael is imprisoned in Colombia, waiting to be sentenced for a revenge crime against the man who killed his child. During his confinement, he must adapt to a new life of abuse, including injury and humiliation by guards and other prisoners. His former life starts to become a distant memory as he is forgotten by his loved ones. Lonely and Abandoned finds affection and tenderness in Sarna, the dog of the prison. Darkblood is now available on streaming platforms and on demand. The actor is John Legazimo. And he is the guest on this episode. I'm thrilled we got along famously. And uh, was after following this actor for over 30 years, I was really so grateful and excited to bring him on to Film Wax. And, and uh, here indeed, now I should mention, if you go to the YouTube version, it's a uh, shorter version of the full video version of this is available to, it's got an extra like five, 10 minutes on it. It's available to... Uh, Filmwax's Patreon subscribers, you know you can support Filmwax for as little as $3 a month by joining our Patreon account, which is at patreon.com slash filmwaxradio. And I'm very grateful for those who have already done so and who support the show. But uh, without any more delay, here is my conversation with actor John Legazimo here on Filmwax Radio. Usted está acusado por homicidio agravado. Si usted se declara culpable, le pueden rebajar la condena a la mitad. Necesito corroborar que su niño fue abusado antes de morir, como usted dice. Necesito su permiso para exhumar el cadáver del niño. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes, on that yeah. note. What a kick because uh, I actually am one of those New Yorkers. I'm not in the city right now. I'm a little north in the city, but I, I grew up in the city, in Queens, in fact, which I think is where you grew where? up. Uh, as I call it, the mean streets of Forest Hills. So, oh, come on. There ain't no mean streets in Forest Hills. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we thought all the wealthy people. That's what I thought. Like, if I made money and I made it, I yeah. would move to Forest Hills. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was all that it was cracked up to be, John, but uh, no, I was kidding. It was a very comfortable spot, but I lived on the, literally on the other side of the tracks, though, because you had the beautiful, the big mansions. Right. You know, right. The Tudor uh, style fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I yeah. did live in a, but we lived in a, in a relatively, we lived in one of these attached houses on the other side, closer to the boulevard. And, yeah. Like the, like the Archie Bunker. Yeah, it's more like that coins. kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, without the without that that the uh, the the chair, the music. The easy chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the music. G R O S L ran great. Did you happen to see when they redid it with the the updated it like on? Oh no, they did the reading. They did a reading of the pilot or something like that. I I heard it was great. Yeah. Uh, the other reason I wanted to, well, so we have that kind of, we still have that in common, though. You know, I, I think you grew up in Jackson Heights, but, but yeah, I grew up in Jackson Heights. Yeah. yeah. yeah but 
I th- when I was in the, in the early 90s, it was 1991, my family went to see Mambo Mouth. I swear oh, to yeah, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're at the and American Place or Orpheum Theater? Orpheum. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, mine was the last play at the Orpheum. Stomp has been there since. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, what, I didn't know that. Yeah, they kept my marquee from Mambo Mouth, the black and white marquee, and they, they've, they've never left. They, That's I think they squatted. Incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> squatters. Because I did see, I did see uh, uh, the what what is it called again? Uh, Oliana the, before the no the, tra- the cans the 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 the, tra- the stomp the, the stomp of course what am I thinking? But I saw stomp there too early on, relatively speaking. But I didn't realize your play was the the so I saw the last two plays there. But um, I, you know, but when I I don't say this in in uh, I don't know I feel like we've already connected somewhat, but I. I say it because when I saw you in that show, I sensed that this guy was going to just, you know, blow up. I just oh, had a really? sense. Yeah, I really That's felt that- like you're so ta- and charismatic and talented. So 30, year, 30 years later, almost exactly. Wow. Now I got to find I can't believe it's 30 years. Thank you for aging me. <laughs> I outed you. I was uh, only I was only 16 when I did the show. No, I'm kidding. I was... You look great. Well, thank you. Do you you this show this movie and it's a Brown, Brown movie. don't break down. <laughs> Brown don't break down. I've heard such things, but you know, I <laughs> a lot of cosmetic surgery on my end, I guess in my feet near future. We're also roughly the same age, I think, or at least close. I might be a few days older, but uh, this new film, Dark Blood, uh, I mean, it's just obviously very serious, but I guess since we were already talking about it, did you have to get into any a particular shape to be in that? Or Oh, yeah. Already, well, a lot, a lot you have research. a lot of... Just, sorry. I did a lot of research. I went, uh, you know, I, it was shot in Colombia with the, the biggest director in Colombia, Colombia's history, who's had the biggest hits. And uh, but they were comedies, so he wrote yeah, I noticed that. Piece. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, what a transition! I mean, well, yeah, yeah, huge. remarkable. His name is Harold uh, Trump. Trump. Careful with the spelling here, because it's Trump Etero. Yeah, yeah, not, not Trump. Yeah, yeah, no. Trump Etero, not Trump. Trump Etero. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I went to the prisons in Colombia and studied them and spent time there talking to the to the uh, the guards and 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 the warden. Uh, then we went and shot in a real defunct prison outside of Bogota. Oh, okay. And and some of the ex prisoners, ex uh, cons, were, became consultants for our movie who worked who were in that little prison. So they kept really? us honest and kept us uh, together. It was tough. It was a tough flick, man. I mean, uh, Columbia does not have actors' unions or directors' unions, and I've been trying to help union the actors unionize in Colombia so they have more protections because. Yo, it was rough. I mean, I was sleeping on real cold floors, taking ice cold showers in the open air, naked. I mean, there was no, I mean, the fights, there were no stunt coordinators. The poor guard who's a little, who was older than uh, than myself slipped, cracked his head open. There was no Yikes. medic. The, the veterinarian for the dog stitched him up. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it was rough. It was rough. I was like, uh, this might be my last rough movie. I don't think I'm going to rough it like that anymore. Not quite a SAG operation going there, but but it does lead, you know. I still on another level. I'm from the view from the audience or viewer experience. It's like, you know, wow, what an accomplishment! Like a, as far as our experience of seeing it, I'm sure it sounds like it was a rough shoot, of course. But 
you know, it, pay, it seems to have on some level paid off. Paid off. Hopefully, yeah, for yeah. You, hopefully you feel that way because, you know, it's yeah, no, like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I weighed the pros and cons before I decided to yeah. do something. But, well, but what yeah. were they though? What were the pros and cons? But you make a choice to do a, a, a Spanish language, I mean, a Spanish language film and under such conditions and uh, no one in the uh, States probably knows anybody else in the film. I right, mean, right. I mean, there's all great they happen to be too. Colombian, you know. Yeah, yeah. These are yeah. all like big actors in Colombia, like the best right. of the sure. best, you know. Right, right. The Pacinos and De Niro's uh, uh, of Colombia <laughs> that right. I got to work with. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought the story was really powerful, man. You know, uh, we, we've all had feelings that if somebody were to hurt one of our family members, especially our children, that we would go ballistic. We would go postal. And uh, this is a story of a man who did. His child was molested and 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 he uh, took uh, justice into his own hands and was arrested, rightfully so, for killing the, the, the perpetrator. Right. And now he's in jail and, and trying to fight improve his innocence you know that it was a, innocence uh, or right not uh, complete innocence because he, yeah he, he did kill someone yeah but, right but was it a, yeah perhaps. justify yeah, yeah is yeah is killing anybody ever justifiable i mean i thought those were all like really great things to study and to explore right however this film you could have done a film i suppose like it in the states i guess what i'm saying is not that i totally was really, I mean, the, my reason for really being interested was because this was just such a, almost like an outlier for somebody who's been doing a lot of, I mean, you do with some independent stuff for sure. Oh, my right. love, my favorite film form is independent films. And it's, it's kind of sad that, that, that they're but, fading but, away a little bit because it's my favorite genre. Theater and independent films are my, I, just, I feel like it's, that, they're art. You're right. making art. You're not doing a commercial flick. You're not trying to, get butts into seats you're not you know you're, you're just doing things that you're passionate about and i love the way this film was was coming together it was very real uh there was it was no artifice there was no um you know it wasn't performative it was it was it was trying to be as real and, and gritty as possible and i love that challenge you know that's one of my favorite things is to be as real and real and, and authentic as i can be and I mean, it's in Spanish language with English subtitles, but it's a real opportunity. There's a huge, obviously, a huge uh, audience for Spanish language films, which is, uh, I, I, I think it's beginning to, the maybe the states are beginning to understand that that like yeah yeah it's true that we're we're uh, in a moment right now we're in a moment where Spanish language films in America are not just for Spanish speakers they they become the thing. They become the hot new commodity, and and all the streamers are looking for that. The Spanish language shows, the Spanish language, and then the bilingual space is also starting to become a thing, mm-hmm. like half Spanish, half English, or 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 or, or, or Spanglish, which is like a, a Yiddish type thing. <laughs> right, right, a Creole. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah gotcha. So, uh, is your family? You have some family from Colombia. Colombia, yeah, yeah, my mother's side, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So was that a also a lead, some a reason what, or, or an impetus for you to do a, a film there? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been trying to sort of uh, recuperate my Spanish. You know, I came here when I was three years old and oh, kind of really? lost. Yeah, I lost all my my Spanish. So I was trying to like recuperate it and bring it back. And I've been studying really hard. I've had oh, teachers. Yeah. And uh, 
and then yeah, and to go any 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 reason to shoot in, in Latin America is always a big plus for me. I always feel like it just uh, I don't know, like so healing for me, so soulful, and especially to be with family. And then I brought my 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 daughter came with me. She was in pre production there with me, and so sharing that moment, uh, uh, being creative together because my daughter wants to be an actress. So sharing the, the creative process with her and right. my family and the culture, you know, it's, it's powerful. Of course, she wasn't on the set. How old is she? Well, now, now she's 21. Back, yeah, oh. back then, she was a little younger. Yeah, Sure, sure. Well, she was mature enough, I suppose, emotionally to, to be on that set, maybe. You no, know, no, she left before we started shooting. We, yeah. I, I just had her there for production because, okay. yeah. yeah, there was a lot of uh, other, uh, you know, yeah. rough stuff that I, I don't need to be doing that in front of my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Although she'll probably see the movie. But I, I, won't, I won't let her. Not, not for now. <laughs> not, 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 let's wait a couple of years. Yeah. But in the tradition of, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the movie that came out. You, we, we probably both saw it at the same time. I saw it at the Midway Theater, in fact, I can remember in Queens, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, big movie. What, the, 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 what was the one with the, uh, John? No, it was Brad. Brad, uh, the actor, Brad. No, I'm, I'm not prepared. I wasn't necessarily thinking. Not Brad Pitt? Brad, not Brad uh, Pitt. No, an earlier Brad. No, the guy, it was about the guy who was in the Turkish prison for trying to smuggle. Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the, the, the Oliver Stone movie. Uh, he wrote it. Uh, uh, exit. Uh, uh, no, before so, that even. I think it was, it was like in the... Anyway. Which no, one the one he's Pitt. in the Turkish prison. The one he's in the Turkish prison. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Oliver Stone, Stone wrote, wrote it, directed. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then there was, of course, Papillon before that. I mean, there's like a Right, right. This is sort of in that tradition of, of yes, yeah. of extreme prison uh, violence and violations and and, and 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 deprivation and what? How do people survive these these exactly. horrible institutions? You know, right. like we're all picturing like those people in Guantanamo. I mean, are they how do they survive that? How how would one survive a situation like that? You know, and that and and as America is in horrible turmoil you're like wow would, it, would you end up in prison how do you survive that i mean it, yeah it's always part of your consciousness I, at least mine anyway yeah i mean incarceration i don't know i mean i know you're you have a obviously a deep sense of political sensibility but is incarceration has that been a topic of i don't know urgency to you oh yeah of, of course i mean i'm a i'm a person of color you know i'm a latin man in america and you know, the, the largest two groups in prison are Latin and black people. And, uh, you know, uh, I know, <laughs> you know, I know from the, the mean streets of Forest Hills, John, you don't have to explain it. To me. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know how I'm sorry if I'm talking down to you, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to be condescending. I, I know you understand the struggle. I know you're, you're with the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to walk to the school bus. Okay. On the corner and horrible, horrible. The, it, I, the injustice you had to, <laughs> lived through is incredible thank i have you. so much respect thank for you thank you uh, there was this great doc that came out a couple of years back called uh crime and punishment about new york city and it was about 12 latin and black cops in new york who refused to fill police quotas unspoken quotas that were gotten rid of in the 80s and basically what cops were doing or were asked to do you know unspoken was to fill the jails and they were targeting Latin and black kids who were just hanging out in the street and then ruining right. their lives. And, and so, you know, to me, that, that, that prison situation, the prison situation in America is horrific. You know, it's, we have the 
biggest prisons, the fullest prisons, the privatized prisons become sort of a, a capitalist way of, of, of making money. So let's incarcerate as many people for whatever reason. Privatized, privatized prisons. And yeah, we're, uh, w- this country is in a position more than any place else probably is in a position to, to make a change. And um, it, it just, it, your, the, your film dark blood, um, which we've been talking about is a really great example. It just, it just shows how, uh, brutal and inhumane the prison system is and what what is the point of it you're just sort of i, I you know we we you'd think at this point in our society in our culture and our civilization yeah. ready to say even just on a practical standpoint what's the purpose of brutalizing and and you know d- taking people's humanity away like it just doesn't make sense it's just uh would make more sense to return their humanity to them right right help them out them. and then yeah you know, because it would only prove the rest of our experience, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I was part of, I was part of a program, that beautiful program that, that, is, that is hopefully not ending called Go So Get Out, Stay Out. What is, and oh. uh, in, at Rikers Island, and it was uh, self-funded, you know, it wasn't funded by the government. We, we had to help raise money. I was only been part of it for the last 10 years, but it's been going on for 30. Mm-hmm. And it be, creates a high school for the youth in Rikers. Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, helps them study, helps them get programs, helps them get jobs after. And and uh, the majority, 99% of the kids don't ever get back, don't get back into the system. They survive and they stay out. How um, how young are, are these, are the, are the youngest? I mean, 18, 19, 20, yeah, 21. Yeah, so as soon as yeah. they are considered technically adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another whole point. Right, right, right. Worse, Another horror in our prison system, yeah. Yeah, we may be turning a corner at some point. It's hard to say that and then not choke choke on those words a little bit, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I try not to remain cynical, but I kind of feel like maybe maybe we're closer in some ways because... Well, we're more aware of it than we've ever been of how unjust it is and how... Uh, the prison system is just a, a way to make money, not really to rehabilitate or, or get people back back into the world and make better citizens out of them, but to actually maintain a, a prison population in a way of, of making money. These privatized prison thing is 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 a horror and needs to go away. I know it's the English version of the name of your character is Michael, right? Miguel. So it's just Miguel. Yeah. Okay. It's fairly straightforward. I think yeah. I thought it was spelled, and I wasn't. Oh no, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm blanking. Misael, Misael, Misael. You're it's right. Misael, which I guess yeah, yeah. is a Colombian version of Miguel. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, Mi- Mi- Michael. I think name. I know. Yeah. I understand. But it's how do you pronounce it again? Misael. Misael, which yeah. is a, again probably a Colombia, maybe their their version of Miguel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> version. Version. It's the way. It's their Michael. <laughs> I was curious because I hadn't seen that before, but I understand uh, the. Uh, this was shot in uh, near Bogota, I suppose. Right, right outside, right outside. Uh, uh, yeah, and I lived there, and, and uh, I lived with the, the majority of the actors. We all got a house together oh, nice. with the director and the producer, and we go through exercises and readings. It was like old school. Uh, Group theater, if, if you remember, I mean, you don't remember, I mean, in the 40s, the group theater would have these, I do. these yeah. um, getaways and they would go up to the country and, and uh, the Berkshires and, and do these workshops and, 
and and readings and and talk about a theater and have all these artists be together. It felt very much like that. Uh, yeah. Did you? Are you a bit of a film historian buff or? Yeah, I'm, I'm a cinephile. Yeah, yeah. Theater, I guess, but. Yeah, that's theater, but no, but it affected the way we see film. I mean, uh, 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 great directors came from there, and great actors came from the from the uh, the group theater. Certainly, Ilya Kazan, Harold Klerman, those guys. one of the one of the most famous. Yep. Yeah, and I understand there there is a um, the musical of Dark Blood coming out. Is that true? <laughs> well, you know, they did a musical of Carrie, so why not? You know, it's true. How successful was that? Not but compared to Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> who th- who thinks? Oh, Carrie, it's a horror. Let's turn that into a musical. Let's sing about you know whatever horror. <laughs> the poor teenage girl being you know bullied, and I, I I don't understand where the conversation turns that into a musical. I don't know, but I think the audiences have probably agreed with you. I think if memory serves. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I didn't live long. I think we have to wind it down, Charlie. But when was the last time you did a one man show? Uh, Land History for Morons was 2018, 2019. Oh, really recent? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, of course, I remember going and see. I'm sorry, I didn't. I missed that one. But uh, do you do you think you have plans for yet another? No, I'm I'm writing now the Great American Play. Uh, right now, it's the not so Great American Play, but I have hope that it <laughs> that with a couple of rewrites, it'll it'll improve. <laughs> uh, but this is a, you're talking about a more conventional a play, play, yeah, yeah, a conventional play, play yeah. yeah. That's a tragedy. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow, you really just uh, seem to uh, like to exercise all the uh, artistic muscles. It's terrific. Yeah, you know, you know how we let people do. do. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 got, we got to do, do it all. Uh, you know, uh, look at J-Lo. J-Lo was, was a white actress. She'd be like the biggest star in the world. But she has to like dance, sing, act, uh, go on uh, American Idol. She has to have perfumes, clothing. <laughs> she has to do it all to... Exactly. TikTok, everything. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest for a minute. Okay, so I'll let me promote this movie proper uh, one more t- properly one more time. It's called Dark Blood. It's directed by Harold Trumpetero. Trump. I got that right. Yeah, and yeah, you did. It stars John Leguizamo and a number of other wonderful actors. And I'll, you know, I'll put their names into the the notes of the show so people can uh, keep an eye out. And it's currently, I know, been on demand, but and when I post this show it'll be uh, also available on streaming platforms and right right so i'm going to recommend really strongly urge people see this because it's really gives you a chance to really go deep in this performance and you do and you're really committed but for god's sakes make sure the kids are sleeping yeah yeah don't it's not for don't, the family it's not a family flick this, this ain't is ice not, age this is not your family's ice age this isn't your ice age character yeah, quite no, yeah no. <laughs> not at all all right man well this is a pleasure. Adam, I, awesome, awesome. Big, big virtual hug, my brother. Thank you. Same here. Quan Queen's brother. <laughs> Queen's in the house. El yo entro despacito. Pablo es su hijo, ¿no? De aquí no sale nada si yo no quiero. Dime la muela. ¡Ah! 
darle la vuelta a ese perro. ¿A cuál de los dos? All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll be back, of course, next week with another episode of the show. Of course, we have some very special segments that are not even on the podcast that are just relegated, if you will. Is that a right word to use? Or just are meant just for the YouTube channel. So check it out. Subscribe. Uh, it's youtube.com slash filmwaxradio. And you just hit the subscribe button and, and you can scroll through so much um, content. There's lots and lots of interviews and they're so much fun in many cases. And they'll be there and they may not be available as audio podcast episodes. So I recommend you do check that out. And it's, it, it, like I say, it, it's many of them turn out to be a lot of fun. I try to keep things loose and enjoyable for the guests. And, and most of the time it works out pretty well, I should say. Okay, everybody, take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Until next time. Should I not touch? What should I not kiss? Where does it hurt?